Welcome to the Shaw's Law Podcast. We are here. We are at the end. I can taste it of 30 teams in less than 30 days. We've been potting because you know who I am and what I do. I'm the pod god. I'm Harry Potter. And today I'm joined by the homie Q. Uh, His Twitter at is at crispy bacon and it took me so long to figure out that that was a fun pun like my <laughs> could not get it i was like crispy bacon i was like oh shit <laughs> he's the host of the on your t's and q's pod saturdays 11 to 12 on the game mike um yeah uh M- mke so the uh milwaukee uh radio station if you haven't figured it out, the homie's here to talk about the Bucks. And if you've listened to me ever speak about the Bucks, you know I have some issues with with them. <laughs> but before we get into that, it's time for Chris to qualify his fandom. Like, Q, you got to tell. First of all, who's your favorite Buck of all time? Uh, my favorite buck of all time, man. I mean, you got to go with the, with Kareem, even though he, you know, he had his little stint here. Uh, he is the original buck, man. Him and and Oscar Robinson back in the day, 1970, they brought us the championship. Um, so you always have to respect the greats. I, I got to go with Kareem, man. Obviously, you know, Giannis is, is working his way up there. Um, he's a very likable guy. Obviously, just you know, staying with us for at least five more years. Um, you know, I. I think Giannis, when it's all said and done, Giannis will probably be, uh, will probably surpass Kareem, but you know, I, I gotta respect the guys who, who's brought us a, uh, a championship. So, uh, I'll, I'll go with Kareem there. That's a fair answer. Like in a city that doesn't have a ton of championships, like somebody right. who brought you guys one, you gotta show that a little extra love. For sure. So who's your For favorite sure. player on the current Bucks? Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, the obvious answer is Giannis. Um, but you know, Chris is definitely up there too. Chris has, you know, really given back to the community here. You know, you see him a lot doing a lot of community service and, you know, looking out for the urban, uh, urban, you know, setting in Milwaukee, you know, there's, you know, if you see on the news, you know, the national media, you know, Milwaukee is one of the, the, the worst cities crime wise in the United States. And, and Chris Middleton has, you know, taken initiative to, you know, reach out to the public schools. Uh, you know, get get kids backpacks, you know, the, the less fortunate meals. Uh, he, he really gives back to the community. So, uh, you know, that relationship that he's established uh, with, with the fans here in Milwaukee is uh, is great. So I think Middleton is definitely up there, uh, you know, if you were to factor in the off-court uh, giving back as well. Can you talk about what it's like to live in an NBA market? Like, I live in New York, but I'm two hours sure. – uh, North of New York City, what's it like to be in an NBA city where like yeah, the players are a little bit more tangible to you? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, I I, I think it's a I, I'm very fortunate uh, to to live in the city. You know, in, in an NBA market, my my father actually has uh, season tickets. He's had season tickets since 2007. Um, you know, when we were at the Bradley Center, now we're in a new arena, the Five Star Forum. Uh, it's, it, we've just been extremely, you know, fortunate to be able to, you know, follow the team, you know, as closely as we do. Uh, we live maybe 
uh, a 10 minute drive from uh, the Pfizer Forum in downtown Milwaukee. Um, it, it's it's really awesome to be able to, you know, get the 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 energy that the city has for teams like the Brewers and the Bucks, um, you know, and the Marquette Golden Eagles. Man, it, it's awesome to have you know teams right there accessible to you know to uh, to venues and to be able to go to games um, and, and see how live the city comes. You know, during you know the playoff times and and um, and you know important times of the year so it's it's really like i said it's it's a great opportunity to to you know take your things off of uh you know your mind off of work you know go be able to go and have a drink with your buddies uh and, and watch games that's you know a mile away you know if you're not if you're not going to them but yeah it's awesome to uh you know be able to have that directly accessible you mentioned that your father's had season tickets since 2007 this leads to my next question. What's your favorite Bucks memory? Like for a lot of yeah. us, it's, oh, my dad took me to my first game. Like what? So just, you don't have to give one. Like you can give like two or three, like, oh, I remember this vividly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's going to be really hard to, to get it down to one. Um, a couple that stick out to me, I think the, the first one I had was uh, Brandon Jennings' uh, 55-point game performance. He, I, I remember he, you know, he was going head to head with uh, with Steph Curry, who I believe was in that same draft class in 2009. Yes. And you know, there was a lot of people saying, oh, you know, these these are two of the, you know, the the better point guards, and obviously Steph turned out to be uh, a lot more than what Brandon Jennings ever was. But you know, at that time, it was just it was crazy. You know, every shot that he took, you're like, oh my god, that there's no way that's going in too, like. It was just amazing to see. That was the first time I saw like a performance that was just like out of this world. You know, he was making shot after shot, and, and you know, it, it made it even better that they, you know, ended up winning that game, obviously. And uh, you know, that that's 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 one of the first memories. Another one um, is also against the the Golden State Warriors too. I was at the uh, the game where they snapped the 27 game winning streak, to start the season for the. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, you know, with that great team with with Clay and um, and, and Steph, I, th- I think that was right. 2016 or so. Um, that that was a great game, even though the, the the team wasn't that great that year. You know, I think they after that game they were like 10 and 19. Um, but you know, that was great to see. You know, the the energy in that building, and, and you know, it was obviously sold out. Everybody was anticipating it, and you know, even you know there was a um, a little section in, you know, they called it like, the, I don't know, the energy section where everybody stood up the whole entire game. They were wearing shirts that said like 27 and one, like they were, they were, they were looking for it. And, and, and man, it was, it was a great uh, atmosphere that night. So that's probably another game that I, uh, that sticks out to me as well. Um, So I love when the questions lead us like, like we're going to get to the current bucks, but yeah. you bringing up Brandon Jennings, Reminds me that he might be a forgotten pioneer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the stuff Brandon Jennings did um, off the court is stuff we see now more frequently. LaMelo Ball, this year's number three Mm -hmm. pick, a similar Brandon Jennings route. Like, no, I'm not going to college. I'm going to go be a professional, and then I'm going to sign a sneaker deal. Like, Brandon Jennings 
signed with Under Armour. Actually, him and Steph signed with Under Armour. Yep. Yes, um, Brandon Jennings had his own signature shoe called the Young Buck. Yeah. Yeah, he, he started, I mean, he like you said, I mean, he really was the pioneer. He was the first guy. I think he went over to Italy, you know, got a payday. I think he made, I don't know, a, I don't know if it was like a million dollars, two million dollars or something. Yeah, it was around that. You know, yeah, and he got he got paid. You know, he did what, you know, I don't know who advised him to do that or if, you know, he was looking to do that for a while. But, you know, that was really, you know, amazing to me that people are that woke where you can be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to go get my bag and then I'm going to enter the draft, you know, and, 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 you know, then you made your money and you're getting better. You're, you know, you're, you're prepping yourself, playing against other professionals, um, you know, across the world and you're getting to travel too. So it's like, it, it was very woke of him to, uh, to, to, to start doing something like that. And like you said, you know, uh, you know, you see guys like LaMelo Ball and, and uh, RJ Hampton also did that with the uh, New Zealand breakers. So, it's uh it's really interesting to see you know how the NBA is gonna like counter that. I know they're they're starting to pay guys in the in the D League more. You know they're they're uh they're saying uh, halfway program. Basically, yeah yeah basically skip skip college if you want it and go play in the D League for a year, which is really interesting to you know to see the NBA really take uh take initiative on that and try to change it. And you know you never know if if the NBA will actually go back to uh, only requiring um, you know, them requiring to buy, yeah, to, to bypass college. So it'll be interesting to, to, to follow that as well as the years go on. So part of Brandon Jennings' story is he didn't know if he was going to academically qualify for Arizona. Right. But another part of it, which I think is overlooked, like you, like he got his bag, getting your bag in in sports, the earlier you get your bag in sports, it's just so much different than every other walk of life because your career is so short. Like if you can get your bag at 18, there's no guarantee that you play till even 33. Like right. your your earning window is so short. Yeah. So getting your bag a year early or like netting an extra million dollars for a year that you were going to play for free in college is a very financially savvy move for a young kid. But, like, that's – how many guys in the league do you think are 35-plus? And then how many guys do you think are 35-plus that never made an all-star team? Right, right. Like, there's – I'm sure there's there's 15 or so guys that are probably 35-plus. There there might be more. But I promise you they've all made at least one all-star team. You don't really hit 35 – in the in the NBA with like as a journeyman because at some point like you get to tears in the salary cap that like I can just replace you with somebody on the rookie scale right especially because you don't have that name cachet as a former all-star yeah and as the years go on too I mean these these kids are getting better and better you know there's you can you can tell the league is actually getting younger by you know, the, the competition, you know, there, there, there was an AAU, you know, but way back in the day, you know, these, these kids are starting to play at a younger age and they're starting to, you know, develop skills that, you know, most other players back in the day would develop in college. So, you know, it's prepping these kids for, you know, for, for higher competition. And you're seeing these, these guys come into the league and, and a lot, um, you know, you talk about the, the Zions, you know, the, 
if you watched him in high school, you think he's a like a grown ass man, you know, playing against like twelve year olds. So it, it's amazing to see, you know, the 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 uh, you know how young these kids are uh, are starting to develop all their skills. All right, let's get into the current Bucks. A lot of additions and subtractions this year. Yeah. We'll start with the subtractions. If I'm going to run through them, if there's anybody you want to speak about, go ahead. If there's somebody I'm, uh, that I'll ask about a couple guys specifically just because they're sure. some of the more interesting subtractions. Sure. Uh, gone, obviously, are is Eric Bledsoe, mm-hmm. Sterling Brown, Robin Lopez, Marvin Williams, Wes Matthews, Frank Mason, Ersan Ilyasova, and Kyle Korver. Are there yeah. any of those guys you want to speak about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if you said George Hill, too. Oh. Uh, Somehow. Uh, no, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll actually start with George Hill, sure. Um, I think, to be honest, that's probably the one that sticks out to me the most that'll that'll be – like, damn, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that guy. You know, he it, it really hurts to lose him because you know he he led the uh, league in three point percenters last year. Uh, he was an excellent contributor off the bench, and, and more importantly, he meant a lot more to that locker room than anything else he brought to that team. You know, with the playoff experience, um, the outspoken um, leadership. You know, when you saw down in the bubble. Um, you know, he was one of the guys that was, you know, standing up and, and speaking out, you know, on, on, um, you know, whatever, what, what was going on, you know, obviously with the uh, injustices and, and, this is and all that. Podcast. You talk your shit. Yeah. You don't have to talk yeah, your shit. No, yeah. Go ahead. Right. And, and I'm just saying how, you know, it, it was amazing to me, his leadership, man, off the court and especially, you know, like I said, you know, down in the bubble, that, you know, spoke volumes to this team and, and the fact that they were able to, you know, come together and make a stand like that, like they did last year against the Orlando Magic, um, that that really spoke, you know, something to me that, that said, you know, this is obviously way deeper than, you know, than a playoff game, man. This is like, you know, and and, and it really hit, hit our community hard because, you know, Kenosha, you know, it's maybe like an hour, hour and a half uh, south of us, and, you know, to see that, you know, that the, the video and, you know, people, you know, shooting this guy eight times in the back is just, it, it's really cringy, man. It, it, it gets cringier and cringier, you know, hearing about these and seeing videos, um, you know, about, about the police brutality and, you know, George Hill, you know, meant a lot to that locker room. So I think, you know, a, a lot of people are going to miss him for that. Uh, and just in, he was a lot like Chris Middleton too. He he really gave back to the community. So uh, he he's one guy that I'll I'll miss. Um, another guy, Eric Bledsoe, obviously. Um, as much as I'm gonna miss him, it, it really was time to move on from that experiment. Um, you know, Bled is, is one of the the best defenders in the NBA. That that guy on ball defense. You know, he he can guard just about any you know point guard or two guard pretty much in the in the in the NBA. So. Um, he, his defensive, uh, intensity is going to be missed. Um, but I mean, he had issues on the offensive end. I mean, he would do these like heat checks where, you know, he'll just, you know, come up, pull up, pull up three. That's not his game. You know, it, it's, you know, his, his game is, you know, he's a bully. 
he's a bully point guard. He's a jack dude. You know, you get to the rim, you finish at the rim. That's your game. You know, you play defense. That's your game. He would try to basically be somebody who he's not. And, uh, you know, it, it just, I guess I really think it frustrated Bucks fans more than anything. So it, it was time, time for him to go. Um, but yeah, I'll miss him. And, and, you know, ultimately the Bucks had to, you know, they had to upgrade at the, at the point guard position who, uh, to, to somebody who can, you know, bring it on both ends of the floor. So, uh, and then and one last one, uh, Wes Matthews, um, you know, I think he's, he's another one, one of the most un- under underrated defenders in the league. Uh, he's a true, you know, three and D guy. He really embraced his role. Um, it sucks to see him him go, you know, too, because he was, you know, he's from here. He's he's from Madison. Uh, he went to school at Marquette, Milwaukee. Um, but the Lakers got a good one for for cheap, so that'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll fit. He'll fit nicely there. All right. So just a couple things on the people you mentioned. Yeah. First of all, Bledsoe was on the all fire hydrant team. Like just, just built like a, a brick shit house. Like him, yeah. Paul, Kyle Lowry, like they're small guards, but you yeah. don't move those dudes. Um, mm-hmm. PJ Tucker is the big man version of that. He's six five and he guards seven footers because he's built like a fire hydrant. Like yeah. those guys are on the all fire hydrant team. Right, right. Um, you mentioned George Hill's activism within the community and how outspoken he was in the bubble. Yeah. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but do you think um, some of the reason that the Bucks were the team to put their foot down and make a stance had anything to do with uh, Sterling Brown and his situation with uh, the police a few years ago? Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it that's the reason why or that's like i'm sure like it you know obviously helped with um being able to firsthand experience you know what he did um or the interaction i should say that he had with the you know milwaukee police department um yeah i mean you, like i said you you can definitely you could definitely say that that you know played a played a role in in them being able to to speak out on and he was another guy that was out there and um you know very you know active in this whole um you know thing that went on down in the bubble so you know it it was really interesting man to 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 see you know those guys really step outside and and take take a risk i mean and say you know i i'm gonna be that outspoken guy this leader so you know i'm gonna miss that you know that leadership in the locker room so all right, um, random goofy trivia, because sometimes I like to do that stuff. <laughs> sure. Robin Lopez is gone. Last year, you guys had both of the Lopez brothers. All right. Can you name me some instances where we've had other brothers on teams in the last few years? I can think of three off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I'll go with. Well, obviously the under the Kumpos right now. Uh, okay. um, I'm trying to think. The uh, Holiday Brothers in, in, in Indiana. Indiana. Um, let me think, think, think. Uh, the These Morris twins, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love those guys. The Morris twins. <laughs> the, the Morris, uh, the Morris twins in Phoenix. Yeah. And there's got to be one more at least that I can think of. This uh, is a deep cut. The, the, this last one is a deep cut. Yeah, I can't think of it. Who is it? Um, the Martin twins, uh, Caleb and oh, Cody in uh, Charlotte. Martin and Charlotte, I forgot about that. that. That's a yeah. deep cut, and I wouldn't have known that, but like I've been through rosters <laughs> a lot lately, and I just did a Hornets yeah. podcast last night. Okay, yep, yep, that makes sense. I I don't know why I didn't think of that because they were they were the where did they go to college? Was it uh NC State, and then they transferred to Nevada, and they had that elite Man, eight run. Right, right, okay. And then this one is like a super, super deep cut, and it wasn't for very long, but we had uh, Goran and Zoran Dragic together in Phoenix. Right. And then yep, when yep. Goran got traded to Miami, they sent Zoran with them. That's right, when they had like 100 point guards on that team. When they had Bled. Yeah, when the, yeah, Bled was there. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. All right, there's not really many other like big subtractions like Ersan Eliasova has been there for a while so I'm sure he's mm-hmm. like a fan favorite oh yeah for sure he's he's been through a few numbers I think he's he's had number seven number 77 uh I don't know he's just been through a whole bunch of uh whole bunch of numbers and he he's 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 a Bucks legend here even though you know obviously it's it's kind of a joke but you know we call him the Turkish Thunder <laughs> Um, Kyle Korver is one of the few guys still in the league from that yeah. uh, amazing 2003 draft class. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you that shooting travels everywhere. Oh yeah, man, he's he's had a phenomenal career, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping he's able to uh, to find a, a landing spot, you know, coming up. I'm sure he will, you know, at the at the you know, I don't know if the it, I don't want to say trade deadline, but at the uh, you know the deadline where they have to sign you know free agents before so you're eligible for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And then lastly, Marvin Williams. I know he was great in your locker room. He's yeah. a, a vet's vet. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I remember the first time I saw Marvin Williams was in like a top 100 magazine, mm-hmm. and. I just looked at him, read the numbers, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be so good. (laughs) And then he was at Carolina, and they said Roy Williams tried to hide him, like, by not starting him. Like, and it was a really deep team. They won it, but, like, he had the most talent. He winds up going two overall in that draft, ahead of Chris Paul, ahead of uh, Deron Williams. Mm -hmm. And he just never turned into the guy that I thought he would be. Yeah. but still had a very solid NBA career. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I remember vividly, actually, in that 2000, I think it was 2006 draft, the Bucks were thinking about actually taking him at number one when they actually took Bogut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, I, you know, I, I could say either way, I'm, I'm glad they took Bogut because, you know, I don't know, Bogut he didn't turn out to be this, a huge superstar. But, you know, at the right time, it was the right pick because the, the, the Bucks were, you know, they really needed a center, um, you know, a, a big that they haven't had. They hadn't had a big in, in years and years. So um, it's really interesting to see that Marvin Williams is, uh, is, is calling it one. 
Uh, I thought I thought he probably he still had some some in the, in the tank, but he you know when when you need to go, you need to go. I guess so. I bet you Marvin Williams is he's probably not thirty five, but he's thirty three and he's out like no yeah. all star appearances. Like that's it's not a crazy thing. Like it's just your your earning window is very short as a professional athlete. Absolutely. Um, let's go to the additions. Okay. DJ Augustine, Jalen Adams, Tory Craig, uh, Brent Forms, Drew Holiday, Brett For Bryn For Forbes, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Portis, Jordan Nawara, and uh Diakite. I-, I can't get his first name, but he's uh the kid from uh Virginia. Virginia, yep. Um who's the signing uh outside of Drew? We'll get to Drew. Who, who's the guy that you were like, ah, oh, this was the one? Um, I don't want to say that, you know, I was like, this is the one, but first of all, let me just talk about the, uh, the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing here. Please. So this, this whole thing just like, first of all, it came out of nowhere. I, the, the, the Bucks Twitter has been, calling for for Bogdan to be available for years now maybe one or two years you know it, it first came to our knowledge because we're thinking okay this this you know he's always been kind of linked to trade rumors at the deadline and we're like okay he could fit nice and you know it's the contract year maybe we can see an extension blah 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 we were talking about that last year at the deadline Bucks fans you know were like oh damn you know we we weren't able to get him and then we find out that Giannis and, you know, Bogdan are close. You know, they're cool. They hang out in the offseason. Um, and we're like, oh, man, it's bound. You know, it's going to happen. And then, you know, you know, they trade for Drew. And then maybe a couple hours later, they're talking about Bogdan. And the whole thing with me is I'm trying to think of how, you know, how this was leaked, you know, the rumors on it. So if. You know, I guess a rival GM may have said, uh, you know, the, the Bucks are doing this. Hey, you know, this isn't fair. That's what the rumors were, but I, I don't know if I I buy that. I I saw somewhere else that Dante DiVincenzo and his uh, girlfriend were looking for um, apartments in Sacramento or something like that. So at the end of the day, I you know. I was extremely excited to to have that starting five because I thought that you know this 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 is a this is one of this is probably the best starting five in the NBA at you know at overall like overall uh, talent wise and you know then the deal fell through and you know I'm I'm not gonna lie like I started to have my doubts about Giannis even wanting to extend you know um, so I'm you know I'm I'm glad that you know i at the end of the day that he did extend but you know i was really really looking forward to having bogdan but you know it, it really sucked that that you know didn't go through so i told you before we got on i've been critical of the bucks yeah yeah bogdan solves some of what my issue is with them mm-hmm. it's a general lack of shot creation even bringing in Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is a point guard that asks to be off the ball a lot. Like, this is, aside from, like, a general lack of shot creation, 
to me, this is a very bagless team. Like, there's just nobody that, like, when they put the ball in his hands, I'm like, oh, he's going to dance this guy right into a layup. Like, Giannis mm. is going to spin and stretch Armstrong you into it. Yeah. But sometimes, right. like, in the half court, I just would feel more comfortable with a guy that I think is a real creator. It's the same issue Absolutely. I had with the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, you're just missing a guy when things get weird and you're eight seconds in the shot clock, you hot potato it to him, and you know yeah. he can dance his defender into separation and get a shot, a layup. Um, Like, the person I think has the most potential for that kind of creation on this team is uh, Dante DiVincenzo. And I don't even know that he'll grow into that role, but like, I do think he has some of that swagger, some of that sauce that is missing. Mm -hmm. And that's my main issue with them. Sure. Yeah. And, and Dante, you know, I've always been high on Dante defensively. He's a, he's an animal. I mean, he's everywhere on the floor, diving for loose balls, you know, given, given, um, you know, 110% on the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 Additionally, I had that same issue with the Bucks. I mean, they, you know, didn't have the, a, a, a guy to go to, you know, like you're saying, with two, four, five seconds left on the shot clock. And you can argue that, you know, Chris Middleton is a, uh, you know, one of those guys who they can probably rely on um, in creating his own shot. He does that very, very well. But outside of that, it's just not there for me. And I think this is why, like, I'm feeling a little bit better about, the Bucks roster is because now we have, you know, Drew Holiday who, you know, you, you mentioned off the ball, you know, he likes to be off the ball. He still can create his own shot, you know, and he still can get to the rim. And that for me is if you have three guys who can create their own shot, they can get to the rim. And then you surround those guys with shooters like, um, you know, DJ Augustine, who, you know, the past three seasons, he's, over the past three seasons, he's uh, he's shooting 40% from three. Um, you know, guys, you know, like Brent Forbes, who, who's a phenomenal shooter as well. Um, you know, there's probably, not, you know, there's uh, Brooke Lopez, obviously, you know, a, a great shooter too. I just, I I don't know if we have enough shooters uh, right now. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that uh that develops you know jordan Nora also you know a, a rookie out of um out of louisville a, a phenomenal shooter too you know when you when you watch him you know highlights of him you see a lot of pull-ups pull-up stuff and, and you can see that he's you know uh, one of those heat check guys with if he gets going he gets going um so it'll be interesting to see you know if if, if the bucks are able to you know make the most of their shot creators with you know a, a holiday uh, Middleton and Giannis, but you know I, I do have a little bit of concern. You know, like you like you said, uh, with the uh, you know with not being able to you know have that one guy to go to you know when Giannis is in foul trouble or something. So we'll see how that works out. I like the Tory Craig and Bobby Portis signings, mm-hmm. but like yep. I'm probably a little crazy. So like Bobby Portis is always going to be cool to me because like yeah, if that dude will punch a teammate in the face. Oh, the yeah. first time Giannis takes a hard foul, who do you think he's <laughs> punching in the face? Right. So, like, right. crazy works for me. Yeah. And then, uh, like... Portis, he, he actually might be my, my favorite pickup, period, from this uh, this offseason. Because he brings the toughness, the grit, the energy. Um, you know, I, I think he has all the tools to be uh, 
you know, the difference maker on the defensive end. The, they, the Bucks have lacked that aggressive guy who will come after you and be like, yo, don't, don't follow my guy like that. You know, like a Marcus Morris type of guy, always get in your face. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like the guy. crazies. You know, I, I, I mess with that. And, and especially Torrey Craig, too. Um, you know, he's, he's another guy who's a phenomenal defender um, on the ball, off the ball. You know, he's a guy who goes and gets rebounds. He knows his role. So, you know, he's another tough guy off the bench, man. I, I, I really like those two signings, like you mentioned. Yeah, like Bobby Portis is – it hasn't happened to Giannis the way it happened to Luka. Like the Clippers were trying to be like super physical and bully Luka. Yeah. And uh, Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle said, all right, play a round if you want to. Hey, um, James Johnson – <laughs> here here's this contract kick his head off his shoulders the next time he yeah. puts it on the floor He's and i think that, bodyguard. <laughs> and i think that doesn't happen to Giannis because at one point Giannis was that guy like mean yeah. street Giannis uh was it mike dunleavy he tackled yes it was i was at that game it was ugly <laughs> no it, it was ugly but it was also hey, look, I'm not to be played with. You guys aren't going to chump us. You're not going to bully us. And while it's not a good basketball play, it's probably why nobody has ever tried the, hey, why don't we just out-physical Giannis? Yeah, there's no such thing as that. Yeah, no, but like that's because like you can be physically imposing and guys will take shots at you. LeBron is very oh, yeah. physically imposing. And guys right. have long tried to physically knock him off because he's not he hasn't shown that aggressiveness of, Hey, if you hit, I'll hit back. Giannis showed that at a very early age. Like, hey, I'm 18. You guys don't even know how to say Antetokounmpo yet. You call me the alphabet, (laughs) just the Greek freak. But if I feel like you're doing our team wrong, I will go make something right. Yeah, and and that's that's another thing with with Giannis' development that's been just so amazing to me is every single year he has gotten better. He has improved his game. And, and he's gotten bigger, you know, he, he's still, and I sometimes think that that is kind of going to be his, you know, his enemy because, you know, as far as developing a jump shot is because this dude is too buff. Like he's too strong to, to, you know, he's almost, you know, his hands are already big enough, plus his body, you know, is getting bigger year by year. So that's not necessarily going to help his jump shot. But, you know, I, I have faith in him, you know, being able to figure it out, hopefully, eventually. I worry about his jump shot, but, like, the more I've watched him, the less I worry about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. essentially, he's a center. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's a modern-day five. You play him with Brooke Lopez, who can really shoot it, so he spaces it out and gives Giannis room. But... Yeah. There's not much of a difference. Well, him and Jokic do very similar things. It's just that Giannis does it uh, with the TV on fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jokic kind of does it in, in, in slow motion. He's he's a lot – I think he's a lot smoother than Giannis. But, but Giannis, um, he is a, I think he's a lot craftier around the rim. Obviously, his, you know, long, you know, stretch arms, you know, it makes it look – extremely easy but you know the things that he's able to do um you know especially not necessarily being in his prime yet is you know it's a scary thought that's the scary thing like he's this good and he's 25 Mm -hmm. like 
at 28, if the jump shot ticks up six percentage points, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, anybody else you want to talk about? We hit most of the guys. I do think Jalen Adams is of interest. I don't know if he'll crack the rotation this year, but yeah. I think like if he gets a G League assignment, he's somebody to just keep an eye on. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what what most Bucks fans are expecting. Um, you know, Jalen Adams, Sam Merrill is another kid they drafted out of Utah State. Um, phenomenal shooter, great shooter. Um, not necessarily, you know, thinking that you know either of them will will contribute unless given the opportunity. You know, maybe in a, a few games this year they get in and foul trouble. Um, you know, the rotation's a bit shorter. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to a lot of the young guys, man, seeing what they can bring, especially Dante, man. I'm, I'm really hoping that he, uh, that he's able to, to take that next step this year because he, he is one of, one of the guys that, you know, I think has, he has, he's a bucket getter potential, man. Like he, he looks like, like you were saying before that he can, you know, create his own shot and hopefully he gains a little bit more confidence this year. Cause last year he, you know, especially in the playoffs, he, he looked pretty bad. So. We'll see. Uh, one, at one actually last thing, um, I wanted to, to talk about player wise is, is Brooke Lopez. He, he brings so much to this team, like defensively. And I think it kind of goes unnoticed. You know, it was kind of overlooked by Giannis's defensive player of the year last year. Um, but not to be biased, but if I were to give it to somebody else, I think it would be Brooke Lopez just because of the presence that he brings to that you know, the middle, the middle of him and Giannis, basically Giannis doesn't win that award last year without Brooke Lopez. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to stand by that. Anthony Davis obviously had a phenomenal year defensively as well, but I think, you know, when it's all said and done, Brooke Lopez, what he brings on the defensive end is extremely underrated. And I think it's, you know, has a lot, um, you know, he's, he deserves a lot of credit for the, uh, you know, the, the success that the Bucks have defensively. Brooke Lopez, um, correct me if I'm wrong. My interpretation is that Brooke Lopez shoring up the middle allowed Giannis to play free safety. Yes, that's exactly what it is. They let Giannis kind of roam around the rim, and you see him get these high-flying blocks. That's because Brooke Lopez standing in the paint, you know, seven feet tall. Uh, you know, I think it's wingspans like seven four, seven five. You know, you shoot over him, and then you know you get over and try to do a float over him, and, and Giannis is you know coming out of right field, you know, kind of throwing that shit to the third row. So and, and those two, like I said, it, they go hand in hand, and, and they you know protect that that middle. That's why the Bucks give up so many threes because they they protect the paint, and and these teams do their research and they take thirty five threes a game, and they hit on you know, 16, 17 of them. And, and that's the, that's how you beat the Bucks. You outshoot them. Um, who starts this year? Um, if I had to take, let's see. Um, if I had to take my starting five right now, it would be Drew, Dante, uh, Chris, Giannis, and Brooks. I mean, that's, it's, it's pretty, you could go, you know, either way, you could bring Dante off the bench and, and start somebody like Bryn. Um, but I think Bryn's probably best set off the bench, you know, him and, and DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, Torrey Craig, all those guys coming off the bench, man. 
um, would be ideal. And, you know, the thing is, you know, last year with the playoffs, Boonholzer didn't play the starters as he should have. He tried to load manage. How do you load manage in the playoffs? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Whole- working towards the playoffs with load management during the season. Right. You don't you don't load manage in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that that's probably going to be the starting five, you know, through, you know, obvious reasons, Dante, um, you know, I think, like I said, he could have a, a leap year this year. Uh, and then your, your normal, um, front court of Chris, uh, Giannis and Brooks. All right. I know, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway, who sure. pops? Define pops. I want to hear your definition of pops. I'm a casual fan, and I catch the Bucks. And damn, this dude's playing good. And now I'm still the same casual fan, and I catch the Bucks again. Damn, he's hooping again. <laughs> damn, every time I watch him, this guy is way better than I thought. Like, who puts yeah. the casual fan on notice? I mean, probably Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is a professional. Uh, Chris Middleton player. has been an all-star. Like, <laughs> if, if you're that casual, you, th- this probably isn't. You're not listening to this podcast if you're that casual. With okay. with a few exceptions. Okay. So you're saying, like, who is the guy that is under the radar who, if I watch him ball when he's on, you're going to be like, okay, like, he can hoop? Yeah. Okay, I mean, it, when you put it like that, I would probably say Dante. When Dante is on, Dante can hoop. Um, you know, I already talked about his defensive energy, his, you know, availability to get the loose balls and to go get the job done, the defensive end. To, the, to mention on, on the offensive end, this dude can shoot the ball. Um, you know, he, he can, you know, like, like you were saying before, he can create his own shot. Uh, I just worry about his confidence, man. Like, you can tell, like, when he is shooting the ball, you know, sometimes, you, you, you know how you can just tell, like, man, his, his jumper's flat, you know, or, it's, you know, it's, it's not looking great. He's thinking it when instead he, of shooting it. Yeah, it's more mental than anything for Dante. And Dante is as good as anybody um, in, in the backcourt, in, in maybe in the conference, you know, when he is on, you know, and that maybe that's a stretch, you know, maybe I'm thinking, you know, his feeling is way too higher than it actually is. But Dante, I, that's why I'm so high and, and think that this could be a, uh, a, a breakout year for him, man. If he can consistently get comfortable with these guys around him, you know, hopefully Drew, you know, can, can really, uh, um, you know, work off well on, on Dante. But I think, man, if, if Dante can really get going, he's one of those guys who under the radar can, uh, can really smoke you. I'm really big on Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I told you I'm critical of the Bucks. I'm very big on him. I think if he pushes his way into the most improved player conversation, mm-hmm. the ceiling on the Bucks raises just that much more. Like yeah. if he's 17 a night, on good shooting with solid defense, it's it's just a ceiling raiser for this team. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I said, I'm 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 extremely high on him as well. I I hope he can take that next step. Um, two more questions. What does the supermax mean for the Bucks? Like, what does keeping Giannis homegrown talent mean? 
Um, you know, I think it, it really means more for the more for the city. I mean, you know, you you hear years and years in the past, nobody wants to play in Milwaukee. You know, nobody wants to be in the cold. Which I get, man. Like, no, nobody wants to. You know, we 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 talk about you know our city enough. You know, I I'm already mentioned with the the violence and you know we have I think murder murder rates in this city are up like 112 percent over you know last year. Um, it's it means a lot to the city because you know this this guy has shown. And, and and said out loud time and time again, like this city took a took a chance on me. You know, this organization took a chance on me. You know, I'm going to be loyal, and I'm going to you know I'm going to bring the city a championship. I think that fits so well with you know everybody in this city that it, it, it it's I I can't even put it into words how how important he is to you know not only you know this organization but this city man he. He gives back to the city. He's out there, um, you know, with with Chris and, and, and George Hill, you know, last year. He's out there, you know, walking during protests with with people. Um, I think it means it means more for the city than anything. But, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that this year, I mean, we can we can take that next step, man, because it, it sucks. You know, we blew a 2-0 lead two years ago in, in the Easter Conference Finals, which was just like. I don't know how that happened. We hadn't lost two in a row or we lost two in a row once that year. And we, you know, we're feeling good. Like saying, there's no way we're losing this series, you know, after going up 2-0 and we, you know, lost four straight. And then last year, you know, choking, you know, to the heat, which was just a really bad matchup for us. Um, I'm just hoping this year, this, I just hope this is the year, man. Cause I, you know, I, even to get to the finals, I think the getting to the finals would be a win for us. And the Lakers got extremely better somehow um, this offseason. And it's just unfair to the rest of the league. How, how are you going to get Marcus All, uh, the reigning sixth man of the year, and, you know, you know, Wes Matthews, nice guy off the bench? Uh, they, I mean, they had significant upgrades, you know, and, and somehow they're, they're the ones getting better. So um, early prediction, they're going to win. I mean, come on. It, you can't you can't go against that roster, but you know if we if we make it to the to the finals, man, I'll 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 think of that as a win itself. So, so that was actually my next question. Like, what is a yeah. successful season for the Bucks? But you've answered that. Like, a trip to the finals is a success, and everything else is maybe not a failure, but it's not the way you would like to be trending. Right, right, yeah, I absolutely. I think you know that's that's what this what this. Uh, what this organization is looking for, man, just results, you know, getting, getting to the, um, you know, getting to the finals, you know, step-by-step, step. you know, after that, then, then we focus on, you know, getting back to the finals and, and, you know, closing out and uh, beating the Lakers. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we can get it done this year and, and uh, fingers crossed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Shaw's Law podcast. Special thanks to our guest Q Miller you can follow him on Twitter at Chris P with four E's bacon. Um, he has his radio show on your T's and Q's pod Saturdays, 11 to 12 p.m. on the game MKE. 
anything else you want to pitch? Are you writing or is there anything else you're doing in sports? No, man. Uh, you know, just thanks. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate it. I, I love coming on and just talking, just random stuff. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a basketball junkie, like, you know, like yourself. So uh, it's really cool what you're doing, man. Just, you know, covering all these teams, getting to know the rosters and, and, um, you know, I might have to reach out to you for some fantasy advice if you if you know all oh, these people. Always. Um, I no longer play fantasy just because I'm not a person who can set my lineup for the yeah, week. It, I need it's to a lot it, to keep up with. <laughs> I need to do it daily for me. Yeah. And like yeah. I was in like four leagues because I have an obsessive personality. So like once I do <laughs> one thing, it's like all of them. So I yeah, no longer no. play, but I do give. Uh, season-long fantasy advice like to my friends when they text and ask and yeah i'm pretty good okay um, yeah I, i'll keep that in mind man for sure uh, i'm also annoying so like when there's bucks news <laughs> i will be in your dm again like That's you cool, what's the schedule looking like let me get a quote you got 15 minutes <laughs> like i said dude i'm uh I'm, I'm we take a lot of heat for for our in-season success and post-season failures so i'm used to the slander man hit me up anytime all right guys this has been the shaw's law podcast bucks preseason edition i'm your host rob shaw aka the pod god thank you to the homie q for pulling up and talking bucks with us guys this is team 29 we have one team left and then we've done all 30 teams thanks for rocking with me um, you guys don't know how much every stream, retweet, tweet, favorite is appreciated. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you.